0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we are going a trio of PFF dudes, and we just want to break down basically our perfect fantasy football draft if you're starting at the beginning, the middle, or the end. We'll try to get through 10 rounds here. It's been a great day to be great, as always, and I am joined by one, Andrew Erickson, two, Dwayne McFarlane, PFF Senior Analyst. Guys, how's it going? Andrew, we'll start with you. Alphabetical order, why not?
1: Yes. Alphabetical or a for awesome. That's how I'm feeling right now. Again, season is one week away. See Tom Brady take on Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. I'm excited and draft Ty Johnson. That's my other thing. Last pick draft Ty Johnson.
2: Sweet. We're done. Draft Ty Johnson. <laughs> like we've covered it all. My, Andrew, like you're so good at like summarizing, like what a podcast should be. <laughs> yeah. No, thanks Ian. I'm doing great, man. Uh, yeah, we're it's, it's time. Like all this prep, everything we've done yet. One, one last Big weekend of drafting um, for me. And then it'll actually be time to see like where we write about any of this stuff. <laughs> and then what really happens. And then we have to adapt. So those first few weeks are always a blast. Um, they're actually part of my favorite. I love drafting the most, but those first few weeks, figuring out what signals to buy into versus which things you kind of fade, which priors you're adjusting, which ones are you not? Like it's it's a great, it's a great time to, it's a great time to be great. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I love how I just start infiltrating my friend and family's vocabulary (laughs) by hanging
0: out with them for like ten minutes. I got my girlfriend's parents saying "sheesh," bunch of dude, I'm saying "sheesh" going on. (laughs) And uh, yeah, man, I was thinking about this pod. Really excited. I was going for a run before, and unfortunately, freaking ate it on the side of the road. So my hand is uh, pretty banged up at the moment, but hurt, not injured, as a wise man once said. And we will get started. So I am going to basically take the view of having a top three pick I do think that is the best spot to draft if you have the choice some leagues have third round reversal now that's when you finish the first two rounds but then you flip it whoever has the last pick actually gets the first pick of the third round I do think that is more fair but a lot of leagues don't do that so I'm going to take advantage of that by taking one of the top three picks Dwayne's going to be in the middle Andrew's going to be at the end and we'll kick things off with myself at the start and I want Christian McCaffrey people not a hot take and the cool stat I will just bring up quickly he would have been the overall PPR RB 12 in 2019 without a single rush attempt. That is how ridiculous of a cheat code these full-time, you know, receivers that happen to play running backs are in the modern NFL. So I know it's not a hot take. We want CMC at one and that's it. I'm done. Dwayne, who are you trying to take in the middle of the first round?
2: Yeah. And in, in the middle of the first round, assuming we're doing a PPR draft, you know, I'm doing either Devonte Adams or Travis Kelsey. I'm staying clear of Zeke. I'm staying cl- uh, clear of Derrick Henry. If you want to take it back there, um, it's neither one of those. So I, it's, it's just a positional thing. And I don't want to deal with the 1500 carry drop off. I just don't see a reason to take on the additional risk um, whenever there's so many really good players there. It's like, what am I really getting by taking Zeke or Henry versus taking even Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey or Devontae Adams when I know I'm going to get a lower injury rate and I'm probably going to have the same ceiling and a similar floor?
0: Yeah, I've gotten some questions before, like, oh, do you like Kelsey or, you know, mixing in round two, or do you like uh, Zeke and then getting Waller round two or three? Moral of the story, just get one of those great tight ends early, and I guarantee by the time you get to round 10-15, you'll be pleased with the roster. Andrew, the end of the first round is coming. Who are you trying to grab?
1: The end of the first round, I like going wide receiver. I think that you can get a lot of the stud receivers here in a PPR league, whether it's a Tyreek Hill or Stefan Diggs, again, when when we saw the bills roll out an offense that was 85% passing and 15% running with Josh Allen, you can't think you got to think about Diggs and the fact that he's probably going to lead the league in targets again. Like he had 160 targets last season. This team does not want to throw the ball whatsoever. They want to throw it. And Diggs is the guy in that offense. So I feel like you have, you know, We don't talk about receiver floors enough, especially in a PPR format, but I think Diggs has one of the safest floor projections in a super pass heavy offense. And yes, we like some of those pieces in that offense, but it's so clear that he is just a notch, probably two notches above anyone, anyone else on that offense
0: great points all around just so you all know we're not just you know drawing names out of a hat you know i'm not going to say oh yeah in the second round i would prefer to get Dalvin cook we are using fantasy <laughs> pros combined adp it's taking this stuff from uh, mfl fan tracks rt sports espn among others so we're using the average adp with that and trying to pick who would theoretically be available andrew you come away with stefan diggs at the end of round one who are you looking to snag at the beginning of round two?
1: Yeah. So I definitely want to now look at the running back position because I do think that, at least for me, like when I've done all my drafts, I want to follow the, the hero RB method, I think is kind of, you know, get one, at least one stud running back and then, you know, pound wide receiver, tight end, get those guys. Cause you want to have at least one bell cow. So for me, again, you have players like Austin Eckler, Najee Harris. And, and that's what I want to talk about is Najee Harris. Cause Joe Mixon is a guy you can probably get in the later half of the second round where Najee is starting to build up because people are realizing that he's going to be a bell cow in this offense. And that's all you need, you know, four running backs, saw at least 300 touches last year. And they all finished as top eight fantasy running backs. Like the volume is going to be there for Najee Harris and I expect him to start the the schedule really strong. Like, he has a really easy schedule. I did an article on pff.com about looking at early strength of schedule because that matters. Like, you know, when you draft Jonathan Taylor and you realize he plays the Seahawks week one, it's like, oh, great. Like, they have a really good run defense. Like, that kind of sucks. Whereas you look at Najee Harris and he has just cake matchups to start the year. Like, he's going to start the season out really hot. And as a rookie, you're going to have a player that you could trade for anybody because people are going to be so excited about Najee Harris. So, I really do not think you can go wrong drafting him. You know with your second round pick
0: yeah andrew i remember us uh potting after the nfl draft like delirious at midnight or whatever <laughs> it was after writing all damn day and when we got to Najee, the moral of the story was basically like we're gonna see this dude's adp keep going up as people realize the huge opportunity he's about to walk into i think we have seen that happen particularly over the last month Dwayne, it loops back around to you you've already gotten kelsey or Devontae adams are you looking to go running back now in the middle of round two
2: yeah, I'm with Andrew. I want to at least come over with one back, if not two, in the first two rounds. Um, so typically in this spot, I'm going with Joe Mixon. So you, you already heard Andrew um, mention Mixon. But when I look at the departure of Gio Bernard, you know he's finally got he's in a position to handle really everything, right? With the passing down work, I think Chris Evans will probably poach twenty five to fifty percent of what Gio leaves behind. The more and more we're hearing about Evans, you know he, he did make the final cut. He's the third back. I think I think P Ryan's more the cuff you know, to Mixon on the early down work, but I think Evans would be really the guy to take over all the passing down work if Mixon got hurt. And I think he'll help relieve him. I think that Mixon though still is going to pick up, you know, fifteen to twenty percent additional um, routes run per drop back just by Gio being gone. Even with Chris Evans getting some of that work, so I mean, he ha- he checks every box I want. Ian, you know, yeah. his career attempts are well under fifteen hundred at eight thirty one. He's only twenty five years old. Um, his explosive runs—that's ten—that's ten yards or more—over expected. So that's where you normalize for the number of uh, defenders in the box, um, the down and distance, all those sort of things. People don't really know how explosive Joe Mixon really is. He's one of only three backs that are graded in the top 12 at ADP that actually graded in the 61st to 80th percentile. So I gave that a grade of B. I broke it down into five groups. Early down snaps, he should get about seventy percent of those. Um, he was already at seventy to seventy-five percent previously. Attempts inside the five, he was at seventy percent previously. I expect him to keep that. And now passing downs, just like I talked about, um, he had been at thirty-five to forty-five percent routes run per drop back. I expect that to be around sixty percent. So you're going to get a player that literally is on the field all the time. Still young, still has explosiveness, and could be in an offense that come midseason is really ascending.
0: Okay. Great points all around. I was trying to look up this name while you were saying that. Is it is it Jamie Moyer at J Moyer FB?
2: Yeah, yeah, Jarrett Jarrett Moyer, but at J Moyer.
0: Okay, my bad. Jay, you're you're my thinking
2: apologies. of the old. It, I think there was an old C- Seattle uh, Mariners pitcher, <laughs> Jamie Moyer. <laughs> oh,
0: I think so.
2: My, <laughs> I think he pitched till he was like, was like fifty.
0: My apologies, Jared. I just wanted to call, he had that video go up last year where he was like splicing in Hey Yeah when it was a Bassist to Joe Mixon and then it was some like real sad song dumping off to Giovanni Bernard. Literally everybody was on the Joe Mixon hype train just until he got hurt last year. And now everyone acts like it was just this miserable experience we were all going through. Joe Mixon is good at football. He's going to get fed. Don't fade him for the exact same reasons that we are just not even caring about Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely love it. Comes back to me around the turn And at this point, I'm taking a dope wide receiver. Unfortunately, based on the ADP, I just missed out on Darren Waller. So I have Justin Jefferson written down. But you know what? If you want to get A.J. Brown, Keenan Allen, any of these guys I'm happy to come away with you know a top eight wide receiver at this spot and then I'm going right to George Kittle at the top of round three I love getting Waller in round three I see, I think he's finally kind of moving up towards the later parts of round two but whatever just give me any of these three and with Kittle I understand it's a run first offense but it's not I mean I'm not necessarily expecting it to be the biggest change from what we saw last year and as much as Kittle was banged up number two in the league in yards per out run behind only Devontae Adams and this dude was on pace for 126 targets, 96 catches, 1,268 yards, and four touchdowns. Like It is ridiculous Kittle has only scored five touchdowns in his best year. We could easily see a spike year at some point, and okay, let's say some of these problems do come to fruition. They're featuring Ayuk Moore, Debo, run-first offense. If there's any tight end in the league that can get by with a limited workload and live on efficiency, I do think it is George Kittle. So At this point, I am thrilled to come away with CMC, Justin Jefferson, a top-tier receiver, and Kittle after three rounds dwayne at this point you have landed Devontae. we'll go with Devontae adams and joe mixon what are you trying to get in round three let's, let's say it's
2: kelsey let's say it's kelsey mixon okay. okay. because that's, yeah, that's kelsey fine. would be i would take one of those two but kelsey's who i prefer just because of the positional differentiation just to make sure yep. people understand and there's no way in hell that i'm letting cd lamb fall to andrew Ooh. so i've got to take cd lamb right here um so if you look at lamb i was concerned about him early in the offseason number one because with amari cooper being on the pup people were just going bananas he reached the middle of the second round in like really competitive drafts like he got all the way up to two six and people were like he'll be at two one you know before the season starts you know with hard knocks and all that and i was like well god maybe he will i don't know but i was like i can't i can't spend that pick and the main thing i was concerned about was last year he only played in 11 personnel so when they went to two wide sets That was Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. And then what we saw was the much needed data point that I wanted to see. Um, And that was it in the second or in the third pre-second preseason game when they had, well, it was technically Dallas's third because they did the Hall of Fame game. So in their third preseason game, which was really their finale, um, whenever you had Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb all healthy, guess who rotated off? in 12 and 21 personnel, Michael Gallup, not C.D. Lamb. So that does a lot for Lamb because he already posted a 21% target per route ran last year, um, even though his target share was 17%. So that's always something you really want to look at. Like those are two good data points to put together when you've got a decent sample size on a player. And with Lamb, the other thing I expect, man, is more big plays. I think your average depth of target is going to go up because whenever they're in two wide sets, Amari's going to be working the intermediate and short. It'll be Lamb getting to work more of the deep deep stuff. So you're going to get some of those shots down the field. You're going to get more big plays out of it. So I'm all over CD Lamb in the middle of the third round. You could be talking about a receiver that come next year is taken in the first round of fantasy drafts.
0: Yeah, and even the... Quote unquote naysayers on CD, which I haven't exactly met one, but I feel like one just because I have Cooper ranked one spot ahead of him. We're still talking about anyone's idea of a top 12 fantasy wide receiver, getting him in the third round. Gotta love that. Andrew, you already have a stud receiver in Stefan Diggs and you got a three down workhorse in Najee. Unfortunately, the tight ends are gone. What are you looking to do in round three?
1: I'm going to continue to draft wide receivers. I, I like the receivers in this range. I do also like. Swift and Chris Carson, as Honorable mentions here, at the 3-4 turn as some of the running backs I would target. But I want to talk about... Chris Godwin, I like him a lot in this range. I've been getting him in a lot of drafts at when I've kind of picked towards the end because I, I think that he's the best Tampa Bay Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver. I think that he has the highest chance of leading the team in targets. He had a higher target share when he shared the field last year with Mike Evans and Antonio Brown. It was 20%, scored more fantasy points and he had more reception. So for me, I think that it's easy to tank Godwin over Mike Evans, who has a higher ADP. I mean, Mike Evans has like an ADP as like a top 12 wide receiver, which I understand, you know, the name brand because he scores a lot of touchdowns, but, you know, from a target's perspective, I, you know, I want to feel good about, you know, my number one, wide receiver, like leading his team in targets, like that's the safe, secure lock that you need. And I just don't see that with Mike Evans. So I'll gladly take Chris Godwin a couple of rounds or a couple picks after a Mike Evans, you know, he's going to play in the slot, 82% slot rate in the preseason, 64% last year. And that's where he's been the best second in PFF grade. Third yards per reception, third in yards per route run from the slot since 2019. And Brady has been money targeting the slot. PFF's third highest graded quarterback in 2020 targeting the slot. So I think Godwin is, is wicked, all, you know, at the end of the third round, fourth round. And then to credit your guy that you mentioned, Amari Cooper, like because CD Lamb, everyone's on CD Lamb. Rightfully so. He's a really exciting player. Amari Cooper now falls to a value spot. And look, I was on the fade of Amari Cooper train last year. And it was only because Dak got hurt that kind of bailed me out because, you know, during the beginning of the season, for the first five weeks, Cooper was wide receiver four. And I was, I was sweating. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> like I totally blew this with Amari Cooper. Like he is absolutely dominating. And, you know, he actually ended up finishing the season as wide receiver 15 and his ADP is wide receiver 17. You know, he has Dak for all year as long as Dak stays healthy. So I think that again, we love this Dallas offense and Cooper is going to be on the field just as much as CD lamb is. So again, I like lamb a lot. I have a lamb ring tire, but based on where the ADP falls, I still think Cooper is definitely worth drafting. You should be excited about getting him in the third or fourth round. Mari had that nasty pivot route go pretty well. Hey, yeah, he's viral. all healthy. He's, he's <laughs> good to go. He's, good, he's to go. good to
0: go. And per Dr. Edwin Porras, if you guys didn't catch the third, Thursday Thursday episode, geez, please do so. Dak, he's expecting him to be at 100%. Like Schefter coming out with that report was more or less like him just. Kind of guessing with it, and it wasn't even this thing where, again, almost like the Saquon Barkley stuff. Like there was, there hasn't been these like steep regressions from Dak. More so, just them trying to make sure he's right. Doctors are cool with Dak. I'm cool with Dak, which makes Lamb and Cooper obviously that much more appealing. And just real quick on Goblin people. Week one last year, concussion. Week three, grade two hamstring strain. Week seven, fractured finger. Dude still caught 80 balls for over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns in 16 games, including the playoffs. That Buccaneers offense, man, they just showed Brady in the first team, I think, for like two series in that last game. They looked lethal. I am, you know... I really think the Buccaneers are maybe the single they have the clearest path to the Super Bowl. I can see maybe the Chiefs having a little bit of trouble with the Bills or the Browns. I'm not exactly sure who is going to have, uh, you know, m- many answers to this Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad.
1: But they also get uh, Atlanta or they get Dallas and Atlanta the first two weeks of the season. Like you can like I don't even like Mike Evans, but I know he's going to score like five touchdowns in the first two weeks. I'm going to look like an idiot for telling people not to draft. And it's like, all right, you draft Mike Evans. And then trade him after two weeks when he scores five touchdowns.
0: <laughs> he was playing through the pain too, man. Mike Evans, and, yeah. you know, Derek Henry, those guys are just like my hamstring hurts. I don't care. I'm going to keep uh balling out. Dwayne, you've come away with Kelsey Mixon and CD through the first three rounds. Who are you looking to snag in round four?
2: Yeah. So typically Swift is gone here, but I just want to mention him because right now he is the value to be buying because there is a dead zone of backs and you'll probably notice we're all going to avoid them. You guys are going to be like, well, when when are these guys going to take backs? Well, (laughs) we're not. We're not right now. Well, we'll see what Ian does. You know, Ian's his own man, you know, so he likes to run and, you know, downhill and, you know, be very violent. Got good. knee bend, But, you know, for me personally, I'm I'm going to stay away from the backs here. Um, if Swift doesn't make it to me, he doesn't fit the normal dead zone description though, right? We're talking about a second year player that's got pretty high draft capital and can catch the ball. So just quick note, and Andrew already called it out with honorable mention. If he slides to the middle um, of the fourth round, I just take him. I just go ahead and grab him. Um, so beyond that, I'm, I'm staying with the receivers and this is where I'm going to go with DJ Moore. Um, and I'm being nice to Ian. I'm trying to leave him beyond to Johnson here because that would Thank be you. it's, it's, the, it's the coin. It's the coin flip between the two guys. But DJ Moore, you know, when you look at him, he's just one of these guys that he's already hit the 20% target share mark twice by the age of 23. Um, It's just a matter of, can he get things going? And now we're seeing that he's going to be utilized differently last year really it was like hey dj moore go run go routes and robbie anderson why don't you run like four yard drags what like okay Mm -hmm. um so terrace marshall now in the slot though and he's going to be really running you know coverage off he's going to be whenever they're in 11 personnel he'll be the guy running the deep route so that's going to allow dj moore and robbie anderson to to both work more intermediate and short yes cmc is going to soak up all of the the behind the line of scrimmage stuff and the really short yardage stuff um so it's going to be a spread out offense but i just like to bet you know on young players man um so if you look at these guys historically, um, once they get to that 20% mark of target share and they're still in that 23, 24 year range, man, there's a good chunk of them that will take a five, 6% jump. You don't know when it's coming. And so I want access to that breakout potential. And I've really um, I'm kind of saying I, I like the other receivers that are here, but I'm, I'm not like super excited about the 28 and 29 year old flat long tier. Right. It starts like with um, Cooper. I like him and I love Tyler Lockett and the offense he's in. You know, I like Mike Evans. Um, I think the right, you know, Chris Godwin would also fit in the tier that I actually you know like. But I'm trying to get access to one of these guys that could really pop up, you know, and we look at the end of the season. And we're like, whoa, 27 percent target share. Where'd that come from? Because otherwise, I think they're the same. They're all going to be around 21, 22 percent of their offense. And it just comes down to which offense runs more plays and which offense more efficient. Yeah, the Seahawks are probably going to be more efficient than the Panthers. But I'll take the chance on getting that five to six percent, you know, uh, you know, pop and target share or DJ Moore could just be hyper efficient. So I love players like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if DJ ends up leading this offense in targets, which he should, he's the best wide receiver on this team, it's going to be scary what he can do. As much as I have said bad things about Sam Darnold for the past six months, I mean, hey, 130 targets to DJ Moore, I'm not even sure if Sam can screw that up. So, after four rounds, Andrew has come away with Diggs, Najee, Goblin, and Cooper. Dwayne in with Kelsey, Mixon, Lamb, and DJ Moore. I have McCaffrey, Jefferson, Kittle, and, thank you, Dwayne, Deontay Johnson. Only guys with more targets than him last year. Diggs, Hopkins, against Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams. I mean, everything has looked great in the preseason between him getting, actually not dropping passes for a change, which has been awfully refreshing. Hasn't dropped one since January 2020, people. How about that? And, uh, or January 2021, excuse me. Let's not get uh, too crazy out here. But, you know, we talked about the pass leaderboards more or less reflecting, hey, these guys drop passes. They're also getting open a lot. Not concerned about that for Deontay. He has legit 150 target potential. And I will buy that eight days of the week and twice on Sunday. With round five, I am going with another guy. Dwayne mentioned one, Tyler Lockett, probably like the most underwhelming hundred catch thousand yard, 10 touchdown season we've ever seen. I know he's been burning some guys in week 13 through 16 lately. He's only got one touchdown during the last two uh, fantasy playoff uh, periods, but people, He just signed a four-year, $69 million contract in April. Metcalf's there. Eskridge is there. Make no mistake about it. Tyler Lockett is still the 1A or 1B in this offense. I mean, he just had more targets than DK Metcalf. I think that'll switch, but the disparity between their ADP right now, far too high. Final note is that over the past two years, like, yes, it's a run-first offense, but I think I, I think I saw you mention this with Jefferson. I forget your exact phrasing, but when you can get a quarterback that really like fun, I think it was funnel. When you get a quarterback like Cousins or like Russ, yes, they run first, but when they funnel so much of their target share to these guys, it helps out. Because last year, in terms of just combined target share between the top two receivers, Metcalf and Lockett and Thielen and Jefferson were at the top of that. So... Final note: Metcalf and Lockett lead the NFL in end zone targets since 2019. Russ always gets them; their opportunities. Happy to scoop him up here at the beginning of round five. Andrew, we are going back to you now. Diggs, no, 19. no, you can't. Oh,
2: you can't you can't skip me?
0: Oh crap! Like, I mean, no.
2: This is not this is not a fifth round reversal. I'm,
0: I'm trying <laughs> to I'm trying to sabotage <laughs> trying to sabotage Dwayne's uh, team right here. All right, Dwayne, my Jesus. bad. Like, Kelsey, is that jealous? Jesus, Kelsey,
2: Mixon, Lamb, DJ I mean, Moore, gave you Deontay Johnson. I mean, I know I'm gonna kick your ass, but jeez, no, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, all right, <laughs> Brett, Brandon Ayuk, man, easy, easy here. Well, number one, anytime you get the Matt Harmon stamp of approval on reception, presumption, I'm you know, you have my attention. Um, if you guys haven't checked out Matt's stuff, like you gotta go do it. Um, you know, it's just like some of the best content out there around wide receivers. But when you look at youth, you've heard me talking about this stuff, about these receivers hitting this 20% target share mark. He did it as a rookie. He was 23 years old. Um, and the reception perception, he did great, like in every, almost every single route. So um, I just it's it's an offense where I am a little concerned about the run volume. It's an offense where I'm a little concerned about the quarterback play. How stable is that going to be? But at the end of the day, like I want to embrace I want to embrace that when I can get a really good young player. And I you fits that. And so walking away with him now, you know, I've got Lamb, I've got DJ Moore and I've got IU to go with Mixon and to go with Kelsey. And so I feel great about it.
0: Yeah, Ayuk wide receiver three, fishing with dynamite there. He is – I mean, Debo and Ayuk are great, but people, like, if you haven't, you know, studied their just kind of route difference and stuff, like, Ayuk is the number one receiver there. They will scheme up touches to Debo, but Debo last year was the first guy in 10 years, first wide receiver to have more yards (laughs) after the catch than actual receiving yards. Shanahan feeds him like a running back target share, and it works. Like, it's fine. Ayuk is the one with the highest ceiling, though, in this offense. Absolutely. Andrew, we swing back to you. You have the next two picks so far. You've got Diggs, Najee, Goblin, and Cooper. Where are we going from here?
1: So ideally I'd like to have a tight end here, but I'm pretty sure Mark Andrews and Hawkins are probably gonna be off the board at this point. So that's unfortunate. If one of those guys falls this late fifth round, sixth round, then yes, you want to scoop those guys up. Cause it's really good value here, but because those guys are off the board, I'm going to just, you know, continue to pound away at wide receiver because fade the dead zone. And I'm going to go with T Higgins again, PFF's third highest graded rookie wide receiver last year. And you're in the second highest grade against man coverage amongst the rookies. Only Justin Jefferson was better. And I've listed off the stat, but here we go again. Highest PFF grades versus man coverage. Justin Jefferson, Michael Thomas, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins, LaVisca Chenault, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Martavis Bryant, and Stephon Diggs. Martavis, shout out. Martavis, since, (laughs) since 2014, all those guys have become fantasy superstars, except for Martavis. And he was on his way. He, just, sure was. You know, he, he had some, he had some off the field issues. that just couldn't get together, but as long as everything works between off the field for T Higgins, I think that's what we're going to see. I like him a lot. And unlike where we have some concerns with Ayuk and the situation with the quarterback and the pass to run ratio, like I don't have those concerns at all with Cincinnati. I mean, I'm confident that Joe Burrow is going to get things, get things going with this offense. They're going to throw a ton. Like we saw last year, they're one of the p- most pass heavy offenses in the NFL and You know, Higgins had a really impressive target share as well. You know, when he finally actually became a starter in this offense, 24% target share from week eight on, and he was a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy points per game for the first 10 weeks of the year when he was playing with Joe Burrow under center. So I like T Higgins a lot. I think he's someone that, again, I have him in my flex here, but if you can get him even as like a bench wide receiver, if you're starting three receivers and you have running backs, I mean, he's someone you're going to see grow as the season progresses. So I really like him, especially because we don't know how fast chase is going to come out the gates so it could be Higgins that kind of takes the shoulder load of the the receptions yards for the Bengals until Chase gets up to speed and then for my second pick I actually am going to go running back here because I can't start any more receivers because I've now filled out my three receivers and my flex position so there's really no point taking another receiver here so I'm going to chase some youth and some upside with Javante Williams uh, for the Denver Broncos rookie running back again I like the way that he kind of got the the preseason week three game off. Like they gave him like some veterans treatment, which I thought was kind of interesting. And I also thought it was interesting that Gordon split time with, with Royce Freeman, like kind of like on a, it was like a 50, 50 split. So I was kind of going into the year thinking, okay, we're going to see 60, 40 kind of how it was last year with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay, but kind of seeing how much they worked in Royce Freeman along with Melvin Gordon with starters. I was kind of like, oh, like, could this be more of like a 50-50 split? So it's really like 1A, 1B between Javante and Melvin Gordon. And if that's the case, like, I'm in on Javante because I know that he's the more talented running back, you know, super explosive at North Carolina, ludicrous miss tackle rate, 48% on 181 touches, sitting 12 percentage points higher than the next running back. And the miss tackle rate, yes, the thing that's, the thing that stands out about that was that's what I was always hyping about Antonio Gibson last year entering the NFL. Like He had a really high missed tackle rate as a running back, but he did it on, it was like 40 touches. You know, Javante Williams put up basically the exact same miss tackle rate on 181 touches. So this guy makes plays and Denver ran the ball a lot last year. And so far the preseason, second highest run rate. So I do think we're going to see them feature the running backs a lot here. So I'm going to take Javante Williams. I know it might take a little bit, Take some time for him to start to elevate himself to lead this backfield, but in in sixth round, I think it's worth it.
0: Great points all around, Andrew and with T Higgins. Don't forget, people, you made a deal here on the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Ten touchdowns he is switching from 85 back to what he was wearing at Clemson number 5 so that's a fun storyline to keep an eye on and yeah, Javante, I mean, Dwayne and I were talking about that in the preseason pod, like there is a legit chance that he is just the starting running back from week 1 after getting that usage and keep an eye, he is slowly but surely becoming like the new David Montgomery of just getting comps that are out of control, Teddy Bridgewater was giving him the Alvin Kamara uh, treatment most recently, we had a Nick Chubb comp uh, with Javante not that long ago, Zeke Elliott as well, slowly but surely building up his own, like David Montgomery, just set of all pro comparisons, Frankenstein type shit there. Dwayne, at this point, we're in round six. You've gotten Kelsey, Mixon, CD, DJ Moore, and Ayuk. Are you looking for a running back finally?
2: No, I'm not. I'm not (laughs) yet. And just, just so you guys know, Ben Albright did, you know, the Denver uh, reporter did jump in my feed earlier when I was talking about Javante and said, Melvin Gordon's a a starter. He always was going to be. And Javante Williams, the plan is next year. And I think wow. that happens a lot. Right. And I, I actually, I mean, that's what I think that's how I think the season starts as well, but I think it's just one of those deals. And I'm with Andrew, when you get the veteran treatment like that, that shows me that they're like, man, we don't want this guy to get hurt. We've seen enough. We feel good about him. I think you're going to see Gordon and Freeman handle a lot of the passing down work, but I think Javante Williams is going to be hard to get off the field on first and second down, which you let him start doing it. And I think what you potentially have is an arbitrage play in the early sixth round, late fifth round, on other players that are going higher than him, that like David Montgomery in the third round, that's probably going to be in a very similar kind of role with way less upside. So I like the pick. But I'm not going with a running back. Um, even though the flex spots are filled, I do think there's still always time to take good players. And, and the other part of this, and I'll have an article coming out tomorrow that's around my guys, and really the way I approached my guys was to put a wrap on all the strategy articles that I've been putting out. So I've done several drafts at the FFPC. I've put those out. I've also put up um, strategy articles around each position based on where you're drafting, just like what we're doing today in this show. But the My Guys article is really putting a wrap on all of that. Like in these rounds, here's what the whole plan comes back and looks like together. And in this round, I'm absolutely smashing Jerry Judy again. If you think of the if you think of the receivers that since 2011 that have hit the 20% target share mark at the age of 21. Or younger. Are you guys ready? Like Ian, you can't bang on stuff because your hands messed up and you don't want people to wreck. So <laughs> I'll just do a little one. But Alan Robinson, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, Josh Gordon, Jerry Judy, Juju Smith-Schuster, Ooh. Keenan Allen, Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, oh, Sammy, and Stefan Diggs. So... That's pretty. So, elite there's company. always
1: one. There's always one that doesn't.
2: No, you're like, damn, can I just leave this name off? It's like Chris that.
0: Herndon on my damn tight end list, but I didn't
1: know
2: he was the one. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, man, that's that's pretty solid. The only, and the other player that's on that list, uh, Ian, you talked about in the second round, and that's Justin Jefferson. So. It's um, it's an elite list. I feel really good about it. That that group, on average, added a two percent target share bump in their N plus one season after their breakout. So the next year after they hit twenty percent at age twenty three or younger, they added a two percent target share to their breakout. So and again you can get a four or a 5% sometimes worst case, they pretty much stay steady until they're like 26 or 27. So you get a good floor with Judy, you pick up some upside. And I just want to make sure that I'm continuing just to pound the players. I love the most. And I don't want the running backs in this round yet.
0: Yeah. Judy, I, we snagged him right, Dwayne on our FFPC team. One of like the 10 Bama guys we got.
2: Yes, we, well, we, well, we, well do have, we do have back, every, uh, you we you do. We look. Jones? What's funny is no, no, we didn't, but we did look up and we're like, Holy crap. Like we've drafted like everybody from (laughs) Alabama. We might as well keep it going. I saw
0: afterwards Dwayne put together a tweet that was like, like a theoretically like fine fantasy team just getting one Bama player after another each and every round it is at ADP ridiculous at ADP <laughs> yeah. wasn't even like uh wasn't even like a bit like it actually could work at some point a uh, nice snag on Judy there I mean then you someone see- way
2: bigger than me put together a tweet around Alabama as well and they positioned it differently but anyway <laughs> <laughs> that's uh
0: that's Twitter for you ladies and yeah. mostly gentlemen all right Going into round six now, I'm at the end of it. I have our actually, yeah, I have secured McCaffrey, Justin Jefferson, Kittle, Deontay Lockett. I'm going back to well with another wide receiver first, and that is Eagles wide receiver one, Devontae Smith. I may or may not, and I, I am absolutely trying to do this stack him up with his quarterback a little bit later, but we'll get to that. And with Devontae, like he careful, has moved, up.
2: careful, Ian, don't share too much.
0: <laughs> he has, um, he has moved up slowly but surely throughout this offseason, as people have seen the MCL injury not be an issue as we have gotten, you know, just some route running goodness in the preseason, but I'm happy that he didn't just go completely bonkers. Like if he would have had that, you know, performance that Quez Watkins did in week one, I could see Devonte, you know, already being a borderline wide receiver too. So happy to get him this far down and he will slot in as my wide receiver four at this point. After that, I am sorry guys, you know, I'm going against the little brand we're building up here, but I am going with a <laughs> running back uh, and it will be one Trey Sermon. I would I would have taken Mostert if... If uh, he was there, but based on our ADP, he is gone. I will say this, though, people, Javante and Sermon alike, like if there's a tiebreaker and you're in a keeper league, I am taking these guys because on average, we're seeing the rookie top three round running back, just in terms of their ADP among running backs, they're moving up nine full spots from year one to year two. And Sermon and Javante alike. All these guys in their depth charts are unrestricted free agents going into next year. So Sermon and Devontae, I think, could easily be top 12, top 15 running backs this time next year. And they're going to be fine this year as well. So Sermon, I'm happy to scoop up at this spot. And yeah, you know, as much as I do love Raheem Mostert, I fully recognize at 29 years old, not the best injury history. It could be Sermon's backfield sooner rather than later. Okay does not piss off Dwayne I think we're going back to him yeah
2: Dwayne next well, you already pissed all- me off you took Trey <laughs> Sermon like that was my that was yeah. my Javante oh, that was man. my Javante Williams uh, arbitrage yeah. play yeah this what is- I, what,
1: AD, what ADP are you looking at I had Trey Sermon on my board
0: well yeah. okay we all we all took him there
1: guys Yes, <laughs> <don't want> <laughs> I had an ADP of
2: 89 on him but okay fine nice. just had- reach I had 85 reach, reach Ian that's fine
0: <laughs> oh, you're saying I'm reaching. I'm like, yeah, he's available. Like, what are we, what are He we is doing available, here? man?
2: It's a good pick. It's a good <laughs> pick for <maybe>. you. <laughs> We're all just
1: okay, um, jealous. Let's get okay, back sweet. on the, uh,
0: let's get back on track here. Dwayne. So let's make it interesting. Nixon, then. Kelsey Mixon, Lamb, DJ, Ayuk, Judy. Who do you got
2: next, Dwayne? The floor is yours. Yeah. So if you're going to do that, I'm going to stay on receiver. I'm going to take Corey Davis. I know he disappointed in his rookie season, but then he had a 25% and a 21% target share two out of the next three years. He hit that 25% by age 24. You guys have already kind of heard about like this message that I'm preaching to you. So he's a former top five pick and he now finds him and what Ian just talked to you guys about a funnel opportunity. So um, I'm excited about Davis week two of the preseason ran a route on 91% of the passing dropbacks with the starters, 55% of the targets. Uh, four catches, 70 yards. I mean, this, man, this, I'm telling you guys, this smells like a sneaky top 24 wide receiver situation. Like it's brewing. Like it's, it's just, and so, and I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I know I'm flexing receiver with this team. So I'm just going to abuse the running backs. You know, I'm just going to, I'm going to forget about them. I'm just going (laughs) to leave them to the side and I'm going to make sure that I can start three receivers every single week. Because as much as we love to be right at this stuff, some of this stuff like doesn't always work out. And so I'm going to keep going. I'm pushing the pedal to the metal. I'm taking Corey Davis in this round.
0: Yeah. If Zach Wilson is even 80% as good as he did look at portions of this preseason, like we're going to see some numbers be put up in this offense. Corey Davis, one of the biggest risers of the preseason and deservedly. So moving on to Andrew, who has the next two picks here. So far, you've gotten two running backs in Najee and Javante. You've got Diggs, Goblin, Cooper, and T Higgins filling off the wide receiver spots. What are you doing next,
1: Andrew? I'm going to not draft Trey Sermon because he's not, he's not available. I was going to go for the rookie RB trifecta, but that has failed. Maybe I can pick up Michael Carter in you know, the 16th round, cause <laughs> I got to go with my guy, Ty Johnson, but for here, I'm going to go with Tyler Boyd, you know, build a little Bengals mini stack here. Maybe try to get Burrow a little bit later on uh, Tyler Boyd. Again, he was first 11 weeks of the season. 16.3 expected fantasy points per game was seventh. 16.2 fantasy points per game was 14th, and 8.6 targets per game. He was a super productive. He's super underrated. Nobody cares because he's not a sexy name, but he just produces. And again, all the same reason we like Higgins in the offense, all the same reason we like Chase in this offense. Is, is why you should draft Tyler Boyd because he's just way too cheap and he's a really good depth receiver. And I don't need to start him, but I can feel confident that anytime I roll him out, he's going to put out fantasy points. So I like getting him here in the eighth round or the end of the seventh round. And then my eighth round pick will be Logan Thomas because he's kind of one of the last tight ends. I feel any sort of semblance of confidence about drafting. Again, I would have ideally wanted to get a Hawkinson or Andrews or even a Waller or Kittle, but that didn't work out. And you'll find that, look, you know, every day, every single day that goes by, we lose another late round tight end. Like it's not happening people. Like it just, you can't do it. You can't go into your season. that You're going to find a late round tight end. Like, yeah, someone's going to come out of the woodwork, but it's going to be someone no one thought was going to be the guy. Like, I think that we all are great analysts and we, we, we look at the right details, but I mean, look, it's going to be freaking Juwan Johnson. It's going to be Chris Hearn. (laughs) Like someone's just going to freaking break out. And I would rather just know that, okay, I got Logan Thomas. He was playing on all the snaps as Ryan Fitzpatrick, hundred percent of the snaps played during the preseason. He's going to be on the field when they throw the ball. Like, again, that seems really simple, but you'd be surprised. Like so many tight ends just block and that just kills them. They need to run routes to score. In. It's, it's <laughs> like, it's just, that's what needs to happen. So I have confidence that Logan Thomas can at least give me some type of, even if it's just a slight advantage over anyone else that doesn't grab a startable tight end. So I'm going to take him here in the eighth round
0: top three tight end or yes, stop the Logan Thomas slide and go get him. Because after that, yeah, we can take chances on Jill Everett, Cole Komet, Austin Hooper, Blake Darwin. It could work out, but my goodness, people by this time next week, I wouldn't be shocked if two of those guys have scratched themselves <laughs> off this list. I mean, this time last month, we felt great about Adam Troutman, Anthony Furks or all these other guys that are just no longer realistic options here. Andrew comes away with, in my opinion, the last tight end that you want to have uh, on the squad there. Dwayne, You have gotten Kelsey, Mixon, Lamb, DJ Moore, Ayuk, Judy, Corey Davis. Will the wide receiver run continue, or are you looking elsewhere?
2: No, I'm going to keep it going. We're going to take Jalen Waddle. Oh,
0: no! How dare you!
2: (laughs) Look, man, top six selection in the draft. If we go back and we look at every receiver since 2011 taken in the top six, um, those finishes have been wide receiver 17, 21, 85. That was Corey Davis, who I mentioned earlier, had a rough first start. Uh, but then wide receiver 21, 29, and 29. So I am I feel like I'm getting a wide receiver three in round nine of the draft. And now for sure, I'm going to have three receivers that I can start every single week. So Jalen Waddle, welcome to the team. And A.J. Dillon, up yours, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> people
0: uh, people were finally figuring out that when the Dolphins uh, drafted a great talent at number six overall, he's going to have a pretty big role in 2021 funny how that works well Dwayne sniped the hell out of me but that's okay I'll just take his teammate Will Fuller at this spot as well you know I do have Waddle ranked ahead of Fuller with that said I mean I think both guys have a good chance at having a great year just two more great examples of guys priced far closer to their floor than their ceiling you know hopefully whatever PEDs whatever beaver tranquilizers Fuller was on doesn't you know take him back to the guy we saw uh, before 2020 just always having a rough time to stay on the field but you know truly he I think we saw in 2020 than. Ever Fuller is not this, you know, one trick field stretching pony. He can really do everything. So, looking forward to him in Miami. And boy, would that be crazy! It's not looking likely this year, but if uh, Watson finds his way down to Miami eventually and they get to reunite, uh, could be some fireworks there for the Dolphins. And I will be taking the first quarterback of the group and that is jalen hurts very excited to stop his you know mini slide andrew we were joking about hurts like all offseason when he was going as like the qb seven and underdog or maybe eight or whatever and everyone just kept saying like yeah jalen hurts our favorite late round qb and it's like no he is not a late round qb Now he is, and that's great because I can get back behind him uh, at valuation. So I have come away with a ton of Hurts over the past two months. Like, no, I'm not worried about him losing his job to Joe Flacco and Gardner freaking Minshew people. Like, there would have been way bigger possibilities of him having problems, and they aren't one of them. So better O-line, better receivers than last year. I think Hurts can continue to provide the QB1 value he was already doing. And, you know, just on that topic, it's funny because we've seen one just – home run literally the last three overall qb1s have come outside the top 10 qbs drafted so mahomes had an adp as the qb15 in 2018 lamar was the qb11 in 2019 josh allen was the qb11 in 2020 Jalen Hurts coming in at QB 12. I'm not saying he's the only possible guy. I think Tannehill's sitting there, QB 11. There's some couple other uh, late rounders, the Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Hive and all that. But with Jalen Hurts there, I am very excited to come away with him. And with Hurts, like I might grab, you know, spoiler, I might be trying to look at like Zach Wilson or someone at the very end. But if I get one of these quarterbacks that I consider a true top 10, do not feel like you need to take another one in your typical redraft one QB leagues. Man, I'm, I'm still just pissed Dwayne took Waddle from me, but that's okay. I think I'll well, lose it. you just it. took
2: Hurts from me. You took Sermon oh, from dude. me. And I, after I gave you Deontay Johnson, I mean, Jesus, there's no hospitality <laughs> been, around here.
1: It's been cutthroat ever since he gave you Deontay <laughs> Johnson.
2: <laughs> oh, oh, so man.
1: My that's pick you, here. Man. Yeah,
2: my pick here. And this is someone, let me check, like, where are they going? Right now, you can get them after this pick. So I'm, you know, we're, we're between picks uh, 96 and 108 at this point. So I'm going to go around early based on my build. And I'm going to go ahead and grab Sony, Michelle. And I want Sony, Michelle, because whenever I look at, you know, Sony one, I love the offense. You know, I like the Rams offense. Um, I want to be a part of that, you know, however, I can take, however, however I can take part in it. I want to make sure that I do. Number two, when I look at Michelle, I think there's multiple paths to value here. And so I think he is going to actually give people in the early season, more value than what they, than what people think AJ Dillon is going to give them as a potential Flex fill in. I don't think AJ Dillon's going to get there on that. I think AJ Dillon has huge upside, but I think if you're paying a two round premium on him versus Madison and all these other guys, three, four round premium, I don't think it's going to probably play out that way. I think he's huge if he hits, but I don't think he's going to have enough of a role for you to really be excited about using him ever. Unless Aaron Jones goes down. Whereas I think that's the opposite with Sony Michelle. I think Sony Michelle at least is going to get 35 to 40% of the work right out of the gate. And I think there's multiple paths, like I said, for him to bring additional value. He could just, you know, he's going to take over the Malcolm Brown world, is my guess. If you heard Les Sneed talk about it, he talked about Sony being the first and second down back. So maybe he does take that. And if that's the case, he's the Acres back. The only reason I don't think that's happened is this coaching staff just has never shown a confidence in Daryl Henderson in the passing game. When they drafted him, they wanted him to be that, but they don't seem to trust him. So even last year when Akers was hurt, and he was out or only playing 20% of the snaps whenever he was kind of in the doghouse early in the season, Henderson could never get on the field in any kind of third downs, any kind of long down and distance, any type of two-minute offense. That was all going to Malcolm Brown. And if you looked at Sony Michelle, like what did he work on all offseason, right? Was the passing game work? And we saw him actually be decent at that in Georgia, and somehow it went away when he landed with Belichick. And so I think there's an opportunity he could handle the passing work or if they like him as the early down back, fine. But I think he could easily impress and if the coaching staff likes what they see, they're going to expand his touches. And I think he can actually play in all the different roles, even though he's not great. The other thing is if Henderson gets hurt or, or misses time, Michelle could completely just seize the whole backfield. Yeah. And so that's the type of pick I'm looking for in the ninth round. Yes, I'm, reach, I'm reaching around early, but it's based on the way that I've constructed my roster. I've got my stud tied in. I've got my anchor or hero RB as Andrew's calling it. And then I've got six wide receivers, which I'm going to play. I'm going to play three of those every single week. So now I'm going to come back with Sonny Michelle.
0: Dwayne taking my round 11 hopeful running back naturally after, you know, I'm sniping just, every
2: pick I can from <laughs> nine, you now. We, we
0: all just hate each other now. And you know, maybe there'll be a fight later. We'll see, Andrew, give me these next two picks. Now I'll put us through round 10. I think after this, we'll just go through, we can each list like our, you know, other targets for the later rounds, but we don't need to keep doing this through 18 or so. So Andrew rounds nine and 10 go.
1: I'm going to go with Michael Pittman jr who's still on the board. So I'm going to snag him up because I don't need a starter right now. I'm, I'm just kind of chasing for some long-term upside with the player. And you look at the Colts offense, who's the wide receiver one in this offense, not T.Y. Hilton. That guy may never step on the football field ever again, because he has some disc injury and he's also what, like 40 years old at this point. So it's not, it's not T.Y. Hilton. So I, I like Michael Pittman. Like he has an alpha profile build. He was really good after the catch last year. He was top three in terms of yards after the catch per reception and I just think that Carson Wentz is going to have to force targets to somebody in this offense. And I think it's going to be Michael Pittman. So I like him to see what he could become because I can stash him on my bench. I don't need to necessarily play him right away because, you know, I don't know how good Carson Wentz is going to come out, you know, with basically a truncated off season for him. I mean, he hasn't really practiced that much because he's been either on the COVID list, he's been coming back from the foot injury. So a bunch of question marks about him. But Michael Pittman, I mean, he's, you know, probably one of the latest wide receiver ones. Or projected wide receiver ones you can get in a draft, so I like snagging him here in the ninth round, and then the tenth round. I'm going to go with Jamal Williams, uh, PFF's eighth highest graded rusher last season when you include the playoffs. I just like think that he's going to have a role in this offense, whether it is in tandem with DeAndre Swift. I think he's going to have some usable weeks. We also know that Swift is kind of like, Swift's it's not banged up, but they're, you know, Dan Campbell's talking about, is he going to be ready for week one? I don't know. So there's a possibility. Okay. Hey, six, Jamal Williams, like, I can start in week one because we know that he would see a three down work role. If DeAndre Swift were to miss any sort of time, because that's what they did Uh, In the preseason game, when Swift didn't play, he played all the snaps of the first team. And we saw Jamal Williams deliver some fantasy-friendly performances last year when Aaron Jones missed time, Week 7 and 8. He was, you know, around that 19 fantasy points per game. So, look, Jamal Williams has improved a lot since he entered the NFL. I don't think that he's, you know, this garbage player, you know, someone that we were like, oh, he's like a thorn in the side of Aaron Jones. He's, like, ruining everything. Like, he's a good player. So I like getting him here in the 10th round as just another running back. Because at this point in the draft, you know, you like, you like the receivers, but at the same time, you know, they don't accrue a lot of value on your bench. Like you want to just stack, you know, stack a lot of these backup running backs and hope that, well, not hope, but you know, running backs are going to get hurt and you're going to benefit if you have running backs stashed on your bench, because you know you don't need a seventh, eighth wide receiver because you're never going to play them. Whereas these running backs, you're going to know when to play them because if a, an opportunity will arise for them.
0: Yeah, there was a time back in April, June, where you could still get some dope wide receivers for the next few rounds. Now they're a little bit more few and far between. You know, I don't love, love Pittman, but that T.Y. injury is huge. And, you know, Andrew throwing the 40 years of age uh, insult out there, even though he's only one year older than the tight end you just took around before. But
1: Yeah, but tight ends, tight ends are supposed to be old. That's like true. That's the difference. That's, true.
0: <laughs> that's a good point, Andrew. All right, Dwayne, give me your last uh, kind of locked in pick here for round 10.
2: Yeah, Tony Pollard. So coming back, you know, I've I've only got two backs, and so I'm basically swinging for the fences. Zeke is at 1,500 touches. If he were to go down, Pollard's an RB one. And so just like what Andrew was talking about, another topic for another day, I disagree with Andrew on the wide receiver and not and not stashing them. Um, but we can come back and have that conversation later. I think there's different ways to approach you know that from a strategy perspective. But for sure on this pick, it is Tony Pollard because I want that upside. Um, so I'm going to have to use, you know, Sony Michelle out of the gate, which is probably not going to be great. But I'm going to hope that Kelsey offsets, you know, those additional points that you guys can have on me until I can get, you know, Tony Pollard or another back like that into the lineup. Yeah, consensus, kind of
0: top five fantasy backs, career, college, and NFL touches. Kamara's only at 1,282. Dalvin Cooks at 1,683. Christian McCaffrey, 1,733. Derrick Henry a little higher at 1,877. Ezekiel Elliott, 2,000. 304. If we're really worried about Derrick Henry just falling off a cliff because the workload stuff, people, I think there's probably a better argument that that could be happening to Zeke. And yeah, I mean, if we want to talk about the single best handcuff in the league, Kareem Hunt, Tony Kareem Hunt doesn't really even qualify as much. It is Tony Pollard. Good stuff there. Dwayne with my final pick, I am taking Mike Williams from the Los Angeles Chargers was able to confirm with uh, Dr. Edwin Porras that no, we are not looking at a seemingly serious injury. So man, Mike, just catch your you know, when you're falling down one of these days uh, on one of those dope contested catches you make. But either way, I mean, he gets banged up. He's kind of got that, you know, Julio Tyreek in him where we see him limp off the field a couple times every game, but he keeps on keeping on regardless. Nobody has averaged more yards per catch than Mike Williams over since uh, coming into the league in 2017. And to see the guy already have an 11 touchdown campaign, a thousand yard campaign, despite never getting triple t- digit targets in the season just yet. Uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Finally, seemingly as the undisputed number two game option in his own offense all right guys so we have got our top 10 i think i'll go to our like our social get a pretty good uh tweet together and we'll let the fans decide who had the best 10 rounds let's just go through kind of the rest of your picks give me who you were kind of thinking for these later rounds one or two sentences why Dwayne? we'll start with you who are you kind of targeting in rounds 11 to the end of the draft
2: yeah so i'm getting one of fields and lance and then i'm coming back with two uh and so I'm going to carry two of those guys. Okay. Um, two will be my starter out of the gate, but I just want two players with upside. Um, if I were to get snapped off on one of those, I would go with something more like one of the plans you've talked about, Ian, which is pair either Lance or Fields with someone like Kirk Cousins gets a great you know schedule out of the gate. You could work it that way. So I'm getting for sure one of those upside players. And then I'm going to come back preferably with two. I just want to go ahead and swing for the fences, because in these types of leagues, there's always quarterbacks on the wire, too. Right. So there's always going to be a Kirk Cousins. There's always going to be a Baker Mayfields, But if Tua goes off in week one, then I got to go spend, you know, a bunch of money on him and my free agent, you know, um, you know, bidding dollars. So um, I'm going to stick with, you know, going with Fields, Lance, and then coming back with Tua. And then I really want to get Alexander Madison or Chuba Hubbard. I'd like to get both of those players if I can, you know, so I'm going to target both of those. I'll target Darrington Evans, the backup to um you know, Derrick Henry as well. My goal would be to come away with two out of, you know, three or four other, what I consider really legit handcuffs that if the starter went down, there could be that real blow up potential, like what Andrew talked about, because if one of those things happen, like I'm crushing you two guys, like I'm destroying <laughs> you. If Dalvin Cook goes down, if if Ezekiel Elliott goes down, um, if there if, if, you know, um, Derrick Henry goes down, any one of those guys or CMC and I own, you know, two or three of those, I only need one. I just need one. Otherwise, like it's going to be really you guys have some really good teams and it's going to be tough for me to compete, you know, working with RB2 not being that great.
0: Yeah. And it is legal for Andrew and I to take some of those players as well. Dwayne, yes. So <laughs> I'm just telling you who they are.
2: I'm just saying,
0: uh, just saying, yeah. And remember people like one of the big things with the preseason, we preach not necessarily the performance, those first team snaps. And that is why Chuba, we can feel confident getting him out there. I mean, he was an every down back uh, during those Panthers preseason games. It was good to see because, you know, it, it is hard to tell sometimes when these rookies come out If the teams, trust them in that role. We know the Panthers do, which is great to see in the later parts. Andrew, round eleven and on targets go.
1: Yeah, so I like to add some. So I look at like these rookie wide receivers, and I I want to pinpoint ones that could you know burst on the scene really fast because we're going to see their value accrue a lot. So in that way, you benefit from them playing well without necessarily putting them in your lineup, because the worst thing is always when you have a guy on your bench, and he goes off, and you're like, oh, this sucks. Like, why didn't I play him? It's like, but no one expects you to roll out, you know, Elijah Moore week one, like you shouldn't have to. But when he blows up, you want to take advantage of it because now you have a high value asset on your team. So guys like Elijah Moore, because he's a really favorable schedule, the Jets have a really easy schedule for receivers to start the year. Same thing with Terrace Marshall and the Carolina Panthers, like really, really easy schedule. So you can see a scenario where these guys blow up, you know, have a big game, a two touchdown game, and you are sitting on the like, deck. You don't need to blow your waiver wire bid. bit. Like you have that guy and you could even potentially flip, you know, a big week one for Terrace Marshall for, you know, a running back taken in the fourth round like for John Dye Swift, who misses week one because someone just goes crazy for the rookies. And so I think that that's an interesting strategy. So I like doing that with some of the rookie wide receivers. I like to at least leave at least one draft with at least Elijah Moore or a Terrace Marshall. I think they're both accessible enough where you should be able to land at least one of those guys because I do think they're going to see their value spike during the beginning of the season, I also like Brian Edwards a lot for the the Las Vegas Raiders. I've I've definitely been on him more than Henry Ruggs. I, I do think that he just has more of an alpha profile wide receiver. And they talked about him being really more of a red zone guy with uh Darren waller when he was missing time with his injury in the offseason. They were talking about Brian Edwards. And and look, Henry Ruggs, I think he's just going to be used like Deshaun Jackson. Like that's what Derek Carr said on a podcast. He literally called him Deshaun Jackson and you're never going to want to play that guy. Like you're just, you're just not going to know. So I think that rugs could potentially have a bigger role this season, but I, I still prefer, I like Edwards a little bit more. And then uh, my last guy, of course, is Ty Johnson. You cannot leave a draft without Ty Johnson. I, I pretty sure I saw a jets depth chart somewhere in the ethernet somewhere where, you know, he was number one on the depth chart. Well, now I do, I do think it is Tevin Coleman on number one on the depth chart, but you know, we've seen this picture before with Tevin Coleman being, you know, a lead back. You know, it doesn't last very well, long. Didn't you
2: didn't you and Drake talk with one of the Jess reporters? And didn't they tell you guys like that Ty Johnson is the dude?
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, they said Ty Johnson is the best running back on the team. So <laughs> I, that's what I I mean. If you look at you know how they played last year and you know how they've used him this year, you know, Ty Johnson's been the guy that's played the most snaps at the first team offense, and he's involved in the passing game and he's played on third downs, like he's given you everything you want. And he was good last year, you know, third in yards uh, before contact per attempt, you know, behind Raheem Mostert and JK Dobbins. Like that's the only two guys that were better than him in that category. So, and he's free. Like nobody's on him. I've done some normal drafts the past couple of days. I've been able to get him with my last pick every single time. So if you're listening to this podcast, chances are you can get Ty Johnson for free. And if he goes out there and has like a 70% snapshot against the Carolina Panthers, you're going to be sitting on like, oh my God, like I have like a potential RB three on my hands. That I got with my 16th round pick. So Ty Johnson, yeah, that's my my guy.
0: Andrew went through 10 hours of Reddit (laughs) message boards to find one depth chart that lists Ty Johnson (laughs) as a starter. No, he's fine in round 16 or whatever. Take it. And I I do like the uh, Brian Edwards pick. I mean, hey, people, like neither him nor Ruggs nor Hunter Renfro played this preseason. You can say they should have used the extra reps, but... For fantasy purposes, it's great. They're locked in and with Smokey Brown getting uh, released more uh, confirmed than ever. So, And Andrew, you
2: you just don't remember the real Deshaun Jackson. Like if you knew who the real Deshaun Jackson was, you wouldn't say you don't want to use him, but you're too young. You're too young. You know who remembers? (laughs) There's two versions of Deshaun Jackson. There's the real one that I remember. And then there's the one you know. (laughs) And that's so, the one you don't want, to be fair. M- so
0: you're right. Mrs. Djax won't let anyone forget on Twitter. I love her. She comes at anyone hating on Deshaun Jackson. I I forget what fantasy analyst it was, but he just said like I forget. Uh, I forgot Deshaun Jackson's like on the Rams, and she comes in response, like, "Oh, you're a professional writer, and you don't even know this. Uh, that's pretty, <laughs> pr- pretty lame by you." And he's just like, "Sorry, Mrs. Jackson." Uh, you know? <laughs> so I love it. She, I remember. And tra- let me
2: log uh, off now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I remember between like most 50-yard touchdowns or whatever, and he was atop the list. And here's Mrs. Deshaun Jackson in the in the mentions, like, "Oh, thanks for pointing this out, Ian. No problem, Mrs. D-Jack. Your son is a freaking baller." Okay. Finishing off on this, uh, I had Sony Michelle in round 11. Dwayne obviously took him a little bit earlier, but many of the reasons he already says. Elijah Moore, you know, another guy I was able to confirm with Dr. Evan Porter that he's good to go. So I think him being hurt in the preseason, honestly, probably a blessing in disguise, at least for fantasy purposes. Alexander Madison right there with Darrington Evans, Chuba Hubbard, Tony Pollard, guys that we want to take shots on at the end. Rondale Moore, people eight targets and three carries on his first 45 offensive preseason snaps. I know we got A.J. Green, maybe Hopkins ahead of him, but this is a Cardinals team. I mean, they're 10th in total pass attempts. Two players aligned the slot last season. Nobody has thrown more screens over the past two years. A lot of those targets should be going Rondale's way. Andrew's getting Ty Johnson the 16th. I'm taking the real starting running back, Tevin Coleman, in the 15th. You know, you're going to hate re- yourself.
1: You're he rested with <laughs> the
0: starters and as much as everyone wants to say, oh, Tevin's dusty and stuff. Let's see if healthy Tevin decides to make a return this year because 2019 grade three high ankle sprain after just 18 snaps 2020 knee patella sprain after just 36 maybe the answer to all these jets running backs is are is just no. ty johnson and it's andrew ty. and i are sitting here being marks <laughs> but you know we'll, we'll find out round 16 i got a uh, bears running back damian williams which to Cohen out like cordero patterson as much as i love the guy he was never going to get this actual like running back role he's just too much of a gadget goat kick returner too much of a gadget as a running back. And because of that, I mean, there's a non-zero chance, guys, that Damian Williams gets like a Tariq Cohen plus role, getting all the receptions. Uh, Andrew, I remember you bringing up just how, you know, how good Damian Williams was on that wheel route uh, with the Chiefs for all those years. So if Damian actually gets, you know, 10 to 12 combined carries and targets per game, he could slide into that flexor benefits uh, tier, and he's going far cheaper than that. Uh, I do like if, again, I mentioned before, I have Jay. Hey, there's, a, there's a
2: ton of really sharp drafters that are like really big on Damian Williams. Like, I own a little bit, like I haven't been crazy about it, but like, there are some super sharps that like, man, they draft Damian Williams every draft. So I like the pick. Boom.
0: Finally, Zach Wilson, I think at the end, like he's just, his ADP really hasn't moved up despite him really looking the part uh, during the preseason. I made a funny mistake uh, in an article. Uh, I think I said uh, he showed off, you know, big arm strength. I'm trying to make some joke about him being small. He's he's 6'3", 215, so I'm an idiot looking too much at the baby face and not uh, realizing the true size on hand. Like Zach Wilson, guys, it seems like he is just more being impacted from the idea that he's just going to be another bust of a Jets quarterback. And if we just zoom out and kind of look more at, you know, the prospect as opposed to the organization he's going to, Uh, I I see the upside in round freaking 17 uh, or whatever. And as Dwayne was talking about with Tua, it might just be a chance to get a guy that we could see as ADP or not as ADP, but be on the top of all the waiver wire lists come week two and finally uh, just a quick defensive note as much as I've been saying all offseason you know don't draft the defense or kicker we are now basically you know a week away from the season starting so I understand if you want to go ahead and pull that trigger Steelers Rams Buccaneers Washington and Baltimore are the top five kind of consensus defenses they're all great if not though and you wait until round 18 guys the Denver Broncos Von Miller and Bradley Chubb together we know Vic Fangio is one of the sharpest defensive minds around Patrick Sertan and Kyle Fuller uh, you know over At cornerback Teddy instead of drew locks going to help with the turnovers maybe not the entertainment but at least uh you know things I hope you win actual football games if you're interested in that and then you just look at the starting schedule Giants Jaguars Jets Weeks one through three, they're getting you there each and every week. So those would be my spots. Good job, guys. I wanted to uh, do this exercise instead of just a regular draft because I know sometimes when people can't see the draft board and stuff, it gets uh, complicated. So hope you all enjoyed listening. Just wanted to, you know, again, talk about a bunch of players, and I think we uh, accomplished that. So, Andrew, let's start with you. Fantasy drafts are happening this weekend. What content do you have at pff.com to get the folks ready?
1: I have my perfect 2021 fantasy football strategy round by round guide. The second version is updated with all of the transactions that's kind of happened with a couple of running backs moving up and down the board with some injuries. So yeah, that's all up to date. And I think it pairs really well. I've used it in some of my own drafts and I find that it's really helpful just to kind of have the, Someone telling you that, oh, it's okay to take this player in this round. Like, Jalen Hurts is round nine. Like, he is the graphic. Like, that's the pick. So, like, when you're in round nine, you need a quarterback, like, take Jalen Hurts. Like, you don't need to look at anything else to know that that's a, a value pick there. And it's really good because he's playing Atlanta week one. Like, he's going to ball out week one. You're going to feel great that you took Jalen Hurts and people that are talking about him being a terrible player. It's like, he doesn't even need to be good to be at Atlanta. Like, let's be honest. Like, Taysom Hill had a 70% completion percentage against the Falcons last year in two <laughs> games. So I think Jalen hurts is going to be off to a great start. And I like, I've paired him with the Smith in a couple of my own drafts as well. So I think that the stack is very in play there. So yeah, more stuff like that. And then next week we got week one stuff coming out. So start sit week one rankings because yeah, we're about that time where you're going to have to set your lineups for next Thursday night.
0: Let's freaking go people. Football almost back. Dwayne, you freaking savage. You got three articles alone <laughs> coming out tomorrow. Let the people know what you've been working on.
2: Yeah. So tomorrow you'll get my guys and it's really like a crescendo piece, like that pulls together everything I've done with strategy. So I've broken down how to handle it by position from in your draft. I've broken it down, how to handle it by player position, quarterback, running back wide receiver, tight end. So I'm, it's really trying to come at it from other, from every single angle and just give you kind of like what Andrew just said. It's really my the, my guys piece for me is really more, okay, this is what, a these are my biggest targets in every round. Right. And that's what it's about. And so after that, um, I've got the wide receiver tiers being republished tomorrow. I had a ton of juicy stuff to the wide receivers. Um, so it's almost, it was more like a rewrite than a republish. Like I added like 2,500 words. Um, yeah. Stayed up to like 2 AM way too long. And I couldn't stop. Love you. I could. Oh <laughs> yeah, they really love me. Here's the good news: is that one was kind of light up front because my brain was fried when I first got here and I was trying to catch up with you guys. So there was only like 1,500 words, but I'm sure, yes, that there were many editors cussing and like you know not happy with me when that happened. Um, also, I've done multiple drafts um, over at uh, Football Guys Players Championship at the FFPC. So I've already posted earlier this week my my middle round. Um, draft posted my late round draft, and then I'm going to post an early round draft. So again, taking all the stuff around drafting and putting it actually into a draft, and watching me execute on it. I talk through the strategy around every single pick, which players I considered, why I went the, the way that I went, um, you know, what mistakes that I think I made, all those sort of things. Right? It's just good to be able to walk through all of that kind of stuff. Um, my running back tears already republished today. Like, what else am I missing? Oh, breakout wide receivers came out on Tuesday. Um, so that's mainly covering second year and rookie guys. And then also I put a little bonus content in there for when wide receivers actually start to see their target shares fall off. Um, so I won't say that on air. So you actually have to go read something.
0: <laughs> As always, you can find Dwayne context matters on Twitter at Dwayne McFarland, otherwise Andrew at Andrew Erickson underscore, because there must be a real Andrew Erickson out there without an underscore, so always keep that in mind. Pff.com. I updated, uh, republished my top ten tips, general draft strategy, and also have just my perfect draft from the 1.01 coming out. Basically, the guys I just talked about. So you know, as Dwayne is making you read his stuff, I guess I am doing the opposite. So not not <laughs> a great job on me there. We'll watch the film and get better. But people, I'm very excited about our in season schedule. Um, week one will be just a little bit different because obviously we don't have you know the usual waivers and Sunday uh, games going on, but generally. Generally, we're going to have a Monday recap of all the games. Uh, that and this is like when when the podcast will be out. So Monday will be a recap of all the games. Tuesday waiver wire focused. Wednesday looking ahead game by game breakdown. Thursday special guest. Friday DFS. Saturday injuries and Sunday morning. The three amigos in here right now will be doing a start-sit hour, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever, 11 a.m., get all your questions, give you the guys that we are picking. So hope you all enjoyed the podcast. And hey, if you do want to just get the extra leg up on your competition, I invite you all to uh, go to pff.com because we are offering 30% off any PFF subscription to our first-time subscribers with promo code KICKOFF30. We're not asking for 70 bucks a month, people. We're asking for literally seven. You get the PFF draft guide. You get player rankings and projections, all of our locked article content, sheets and more again kickoff kick off 30 for 30 percent off any pff sub seven dollars can't beat that and we also have another manscape ad gotta love this haven't read this one before so get ready everyone it's time for you to put the pp back in ppr league oh my God, with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped, leaders in below the waist grooming just launched a new performance package 4.0. Don't neglect your balls like the Packers' front office has been neglecting Aaron Rodgers. Join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for kickoff by going to manscaped.com for 20% off free shipping with the code PFF. This will help you tame that Troy Polamalu in your pants. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. 20% off plus free shipping with code PFF at manscaped.com. Also invite you to go to Fantrax, promo code PFF. Fantrax.com slash PFF. Get a chance to win a trip to any regular season game this year from you and your entire league plus six grand promo code PFF at Fantrax.com slash PFF. And also please download DraftKings Sportsbook app, and you can bet $1 on any NFL game during the first week of the season and receive $200 in free bets instantly. No matter what, take advantage of that limited time offer. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now using promo code PFF. Hope you all have enjoyed this entire offseason of PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Truly wish you the best of luck in your drafts this weekend and beyond. Andrew Erickson, Dwayne McFarlane, Ian Harditz, thank you all for listening. Until next time, take care, everybody.